You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Beit Shemesh Israel, 5781-2021. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Mishpatim, and just as a context, it's important to understand that as we read the Parsha, the beginning of our Parsha gives us numerous different laws involving Ben Adam Lechaver, between man and his fellow, different ideas, we'll discuss a few of them. And then at the end of the Parsha, so the Torah returns to the narrative of Kabbalah Satorah, the Jewish people receiving the Torah, and talks about how Moshe Rabbeinu then goes up onto Harsina, onto Mount Sinai, where he stays for 40 days and 40 nights. So the laws which comprise the beginning of our Parsha are part of the story of Kabbalah Satorah, what the Jewish people received, that which the, Torah, the Jewish people received during Kabbalah Satorah, during that time. It's important to understand that these laws are part of the story. It wasn't just, it seems to me, it wasn't just the Aseris Adibros, the Ten Commandments that were given at Mount Sinai, but rather all of these laws were part of what they received at that time. Now I'd like to share with you a medrash based on the Psukim. The medrash goes through a few different ideas, through a few different concepts that the Torah places next to each other, and it teaches us a very profound lesson about why the Torah places these ideas one after the other. The first is, this is in chapter 22, verse 24, If you shall lend money to a person, to someone who is poor, so you're not allowed to constantly go and check and see when are you going to pay, when are you going to pay. You can't press him. And you also can't take any ribis, you can't take... Um, Interest. Now, when a person takes a loan, so sometimes they need to back up the loan, guarantee they're going to pay it back. And one of the ways that the person who's lent the money can guarantee that he's going to receive the money, see, he takes an object which belongs to the person that he borrowed, that borrowed from him, and he holds on to that object, and he says, okay, when you pay me back, I'll give you back the object. Kind of like a pawn shop. A shop. Now, when a person takes as the, the item, the mashkon, the guarantee, so unless he, he takes something, the Torah tells us, which the person needs to use, let's say he takes his pajamas, make sure to give it back to him when he needs it in the morning. Let's say he takes his, the guy is a, a digger, that's what he does for a living, he digs. If you take his shovel, you got to return to him the shovel in the morning. He has to be able to have the use of his item. You can hold on to it when he's not using it. So specifically the Pasuk is talking about you, you took the person's clothing as the mashkin, as the guarantee that he'll pay. So if you take his clothing, make sure you give it back to him in the morning. That's his clothing. He's a poor person. Covers his flesh. If you take his pajamas, you got to return them to him by the time it comes night. He's got to have something to sleep in. Okay? He's going to call out. Hashem says, if the person is poor and he calls out to me, I'm going to listen if he complains about you. That's the first concept. The first concept that the Medrash mentions is this idea that a person has an obligation to return it. Hashem is going to hear. Hashem is going to know. Hashem knows. Hashem sees our relationships with others. If we're treating other people properly, if we are returning those things that need to be returned, if we're treating people who have borrowed from us in a way which is appropriate or we're doing something which is wrong. 
Okay, so Shem says, Vishamati kichanun on you. I will hear because I am compassionate. Now the next verse seems to be talking about something completely unrelated. Elohim lotakalel. Do not curse the judges. Elohim here, here does not mean Hashem. It means judges. Do not curse a prince in your nation. Somebody who is considered important in your nation, don't curse that person. We'll see soon what exactly the context of it is. Why would a person be cursing somebody? I mean, we, we could just think, you know, somebody is upset at what a judge has done. Someone is upset about the way a certain leader was, was behaving, so they'll curse the person. That's forbidden by the Torah. Then the Torah says, Two concepts which again don't seem to be related, but they are, as we'll soon see in the Medrash, which is that there's an obligation to give trumos and maestros, to give tithes on a person's grain, on his produce. Make sure you don't push that off. Make sure you give those contributions, your obligations, make sure you give them on time. And finally, of the things that we'll discuss here today, is the idea, there's an obligation, your firstborn males, you have to give them to God. What does that mean? It means, as I did, Baruch Hashem, with my firstborn, Moshe Dov, about 18 years ago, almost 18 years ago, um, you have to be paid to him, you have to redeem him. We'll see more about it, but you have to redeem your son. He belongs in a certain sense to God. So you go to a coin, to a priest, you give the priest a certain amount of money and you redeem your child and now the child belongs to you. Because the firstborn, just like the first fruits, we have an obligation to give them to God. Our firstborn children, we have to give them to God. We have to dedicate their lives to the service of Hashem. The Kohen who replaced, in a certain sense, the firstborn in the Midbar, in the wilderness. The firstborn originally were the ones who were supposed to be bringing the korbanos, the sacrifices. They were the ones who were slated to be the servants of God. They were replaced by the Kohen. So we have to redeem them from the Kohen, get them back as it were. That's what the Pesach talks about. Now, what is the idea behind these Pesachim? What is their connection? So I'd like to share with you just an unbelievable Medrash. Medrashim are so beautiful, so powerful. And I'd like to share with you the idea behind this Medrash. It says like, V'shamati ki chanun ani. So in the first passage, which speaks about the obligation of a person between man and his fellow to return the, the item which he has as a mashkin, which he has as a guarantee of his loan. Watch out, Hashem says, I'm going to hear about it. I'm compassionate. I'm going to hear the prayers of the poor person if you haven't returned that item. So what does it say immediately after that? Elohim loitakalo. Don't curse out. Don't curse the judges. Uma inyan Why do we have these two concepts next to each other? Says the Medrash. It's speaking about the reason that it places it next to each other. It's not the person is not just doesn't like judges, therefore he curses them out. It's not just a person who doesn't like the the uh, the leaders and curses them out. Rather, we're talking about a specific case. The first case, this the the case where a person had taken something which wasn't rightfully his and he, and he held on to it in a way which was inappropriate. That's a din mamonus. That's something which is the circumstance of a, a two people. One person is taking something unlawfully from another person. It's called din mamon. It's something that has value. It's something that, that's between two people that has monetary value. 
that is the case of the cursing out, says the Medrash, of the of the judge. The reason, that's the reason they're placed next to each other. There was a certain person who had a judgment. And he came with the other party to the judge. And he won the case. Now the guy who won the case, he came out of the court and he was like, Wow, what a great judge. Nothing like it in the world. Nothing like him. No one like him in the world. Now, not long afterwards, this same guy who won the first case, he has a second case. He brings somebody else, a different circumstance, a different din. And he loses the case, the second case. He left, he walked out of the case, and he said, This is the dumbest judge I ever met. What a fool. Because he lost. Okay? That's why... The Pasuk is telling us that when it comes to your personal matters, your Dine Mominus, your interactions with your friends, people bringing you to court, don't curse the judge. Don't curse the judge. If you lose out, don't curse the judge. Now, we get to the third concept, okay? The third concept is the concept of giving Chumas and Mises. Giving on the grains that we've received, the bounty that we've received, taking off the tithes and giving them to the Kohen, to the priests, the Levim, the Levites. Says the Medrash, says the reason that the Pasuk places the idea of not cursing a judge next to the idea of giving Chumas and Mises, giving our tithes on the grains, is because it's teaching us that if a person curses the judge, so then what's going to happen is the person is really cursing himself because he's going to lose out. He's going to, his grains are not going to grow properly. You're cursing your own tvu, your own produce. Don't cause the pashupshad, the simple meaning of the word is don't push off giving your tithes. But it could also be understood as don't push off, don't cause a a um, delay in your crops producing that which they're meant to produce. The reason the Torah places the idea of not cursing a judge next to the idea of the tithes and the produce is to teach you that if a person curses the judge, it will cause his own, the curse will rebound upon him and he will lose out the produce will not produce properly. Things will be late. Things will be delayed. It's not going to work out well. It's a Medrash. And of course, we need to understand what is this Medrash saying? If I curse a judge, how does that cause that I lose out with my crops? What is the idea? What is the connection? Now, we find elsewhere the verses indicate this idea. The very first verse of the book of Ruth, of Rus, Chapter 1, verse 1. It was in the times of the judges, and there was a famine in the land. What is Shvoit HaShoftim? Understands the Medrash, as the Mephoshim explained. Shvoit HaShoftim means that people judged their judges. They didn't respect the judges. They didn't respect the Psak, the judgment of the judges. And because they didn't respect the judgment of the judges, therefore there was a famine in the land. The result of not respecting our judges is that we bring upon ourselves, heaven forbid, 
don't want to say ourselves, people who don't respect their judges, they bring upon themselves a famine. They, their, their food, the production of their food doesn't happen. And they lose their parnasa. We need to again understand why. Now, another thing, as we said, the Torah is telling you, don't push off taking off your trumas and maisus, giving your tithes from your produce. There's an obligation to make sure you do it on time. Also, says the Medrash, don't do it out of order. There's a certain order. You give trumas, you give maisus. First you give to the coin, then you give to the Levite. Don't do it out of order. Don't first give to the Levite and then to the to the to the priest. There's another Meiser, another tithe. There's a certain amount that a person is supposed to take off from their produce to bring to Jerusalem to eat it in Jerusalem. Shalayim. Make sure you do it in order. First you take off my Rishon, then you take off my Sheni. Do it in order. Then we have the end of the pasuk. The last concept of the four concepts, which was, there's an obligation to, uh, I'm sorry, give your firstborn to God. Says the Medrash, if you do it correctly, if you take things off correctly, you do things in the right order. And this, by the way, is the hint to what's going on in the entire Medrash. If you do things in the right order, so then, the Torah is telling us by placing these two ideas next to each other. If you do things in the right order with your trumas and maisus, you give off your tithe in the right way, to the right people, the right amounts. So then, you get an unusual reward. Your reward is that you're going to have, bottom of you're going to have male children. You're going to have boys. Shanemar, as the Buzzik says, Bechor titanli. Yisrael, Bamidbar In the message in explaining this, and as the Mephorshim explained, I shall explain. So, the idea is that since a person respects Kohanim, you respect the priests, you give them their tithe in the proper order. So, it's a throwback to what it was in the Midbar. In the time of the wilderness, the firstborn sons of the Jewish people were the priests. They sent the, son, the, the young ones of the children of Israel. Okay, so the, the ones who were bringing the korbanas, bringing the sacrifices originally, were the Bechayim, the firstborn. And when the Jews sinned with the Maisa Egel, with the golden calf, so the result was, Hashem replaced the firstborn sons with the Levites. So when a person is machshiv, when he gives proper when he gives a proper chashivas, a proper significance to the Levites, to the Kohanim, the priests, he gives them their tithes. He shows his appreciation for the fact that they are serving God. So then he merits himself to have a firstborn son, to have sons, because sons represent those who serve God, as they did originally. That's why the verse says, the firstborns of your sons you shall give to me. That's why it follows the idea of giving our trumas and mysis our tithes in the right order. Obviously, we need to understand the flow of this measure. It seems to be completely different ideas one into another. But the measure is trying to tie us together, these four ideas in the Psukim that are that seem to be unrelated. And I'd like to explain really a profound idea, really a deep idea. 
The message is teaching us that it's important to know the place of things. It's important to know who's who. It's important to know what's what, who's right, who's what's good, what's correct, everything in its place. We don't have that ability to know. We're not God. We don't know who's who and what's what. We don't know where things belong. What do I mean? Person is rich. Person is poor. Why does this person have money? Why does this person not have money? Person is talented. Person has no talent. Or maybe has ta- every person has talent, but maybe they're not able to bring out their talent. Why is that? Why does that happen? Why is it that one person can can become extremely successful and another person doesn't have such great success? Why are these things this way? We don't know. We don't know. However, what we do know is that Hashem knows. Hashem decides. Hashem decides exactly how much a person is supposed to have, how wealthy they're supposed to be, exactly how much money they're going to have, exactly how successful they're going to be, exactly they're going to they're going to invest in the right stocks. This one's going to invest in the wrong stocks. Everything Hashem is in charge of pulling the strings, deciding who's who and what's what. And that is all decided on Rosh Hashanah every single year. Hashem decides. It's affected perhaps by our actions, by our tzidkus, by our righteousness, how good we are, the things that we're doing, etc. But we don't know. See, that's the, the mistake of this guy, okay? The guy takes, he, he's rich, right? And he lends the poor guy money and he says, you know, I want to guarantee that you're going to pay me. I don't, I don't know you're going to pay me. So I want you to guarantee it. So give me your, give me your, your shirt. This is what I know you're going to pay because you want your shirt back. And the Torah says, give back the shirt when he needs it in the morning. The rich guy says, you know, it's my money. I want the shirt. I want to see my money back. He thinks he knows better than God. He thinks he know better, knows better than God. And Hashem promises him, don't make any mistakes. I'm going to hear this. I know about this. I'm going to hear his complaint. I know the truth. I decided that you will have this money. I decided that he will be poor. You don't, don't mess with that. Don't mess with the way things are. You make sure you give back that shirt in the morning. If he doesn't pay you back, that's also part of my decisions. It's also part of my decisions. You come in front of a judge. The judge says, you're great. You win. You're, you're correct. You get the money. Valdik, unbelievable. A few days later, the same guy gets a judgment from the judge. Hey, I lost. This judge is a fool. That person is the fool. Why is that person the fool? Because, first of all, in the pushup shot of it, in the simple understanding of the reality, the judge is a person who has studied God's Torah, who has studied the law of Hashem, and he has worked on it, and he spent his entire life dedicated to that. And based on that, he decides to whom the money belongs. To who, who, is the, who is correct. So he's more aligned. That's why you go to a judge. He's more aligned with the word of Hashem. And therefore, what do I know? I'm an Amharetz. I have a right to say he's wrong or he's right. I don't know anything. I don't know the place of things. I do not understand the place of things. Besides for that, once again, Hashem also 
puts in the head of the judge the decisions that he makes. God is there, right there standing there, when there are judges judging. God is involved, directly involved. Everything that happens, God is part of it. There's Hashkacha Pratis. The person who says, it's the judge, he, he stole my money. The judge is wrong, he's a fool. That person is a fool, because he doesn't recognize, doesn't see everything in its correct place. He's, he's missed something. And what is the result of that? The result is, as the Medrash says, that the person's tvua will not produce properly. Hashem deals with us the way we deal with Him. If a person doesn't recognize that the things that happen to him are indeed exactly as God has planned them, exactly as God has planned them, if a person doesn't have that fundamental faith, the result is that he leaves himself over to nature. And he loses out. He loses out. He's beholden to, the, to, to nature. And when a person understands and believes completely that Hashem is all there is, and what he has is exactly what Hashem determined for him, he, he, he's transported into a higher place. And blessings come to him more. When you're in the place of Hashem, you get more. You're aligned with God. God is the ultimate goodness. So he gets left. When we judge our judges, we think that we know better than them. Things are out of place. When things are out of place, things get out of place more. That's just how it goes. Now, what happens in the next part? What happens when we take off Trumas and Meisters? What happens when we give them in the right order? When we give the Trumas and Meisters, we give the tithes in the correct order. First to the Kohen, then to the Levite. Then we take off the stuff that we're going to eat in Jerusalem. Let me give the Meister Ani the, 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 to the poor person, depending on the year. What, is, what do we prove? We prove that we respect the place that Hashem put each person. We show that we respect that the coin has a certain Kedusha, has a certain role, has a certain goal. His place in the hierarchy of the Jewish people is one of leadership. One of spirituality, one of serving God, acting on our behalf. When we show that we recognize that that's how Hashem set up the world, that's how He set up the Jewish people, what do we get? We get more. We get more. We get to have our children. Our children will be the Bacharim, the Banim, which doesn't per se have to mean, I mean, it's the Pashup Shat, of course, doesn't per se have to just mean that they're going to be boys. The Medrash is using it to the concept of the boy, the son, to be somebody who is spiritual, someone who serves God, someone who brings the Korbanis. In those times, brought the Korbanis. Our children, when they see that we have the right priorities, when they see that we respect Koyhanim, we respect the priests, we respect the Bnei Taira, we respect those who know God's will more than us. The result is in the Pashup shot, but clearly it's saying a spiritual thing as well, but in the simple, simple, you know, naturally, when our children see that we respect those who are more spiritual than us, they become more spiritual. They desire to be more spiritual. How of I my kids should be more from than me? How of I my kids should be more dedicated than I am? How of I my kids should be more successful than me? When we respect 
those who are greater than us, we bring that greater than us into our lives. We bring success, blessings, godliness into our lives. When we understand who's who and what's what, the Medrash tells us that the amazing blessings will indeed come into our lives. I want to bless you and ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to develop that respect, to develop that chashivus, to develop that understanding that those who, those who are greater than us are greater than us. Those who are smarter than us are smarter than us. We should be able to have the respect for the judges. We should be able to have the respect for the way that Hashem set up the world and placed certain people to be who they are. And when we have that respect, we become greater people. Hashem should help us to indeed become those greater people and that our children should indeed as well be those types of people as well. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.